Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Final hour of power here on a Thursday afternoon in the nation's capital and beyond. We've been talking about the Ron Rivera spot with uh, Kai of ESPN, a man who covered all four years, day in, day out, and did it very well for the athletic, is my good pal Ben Standing, who you often hear on the Kevin Sheehan Show, uh, and... Um, I decided to bother Ben a little bit more after a conversation uh, we had this morning. And, of course, you can get Ben's great work, uh, again, on The Athletic. It is beyond affordable. It is, of course, a necessary, necessary investment if you love great Washington Commanders coverage because Ben does it better than almost anybody. And he's with us here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Hello, Benjamin. How are you? Hey, I am doing uh, great, uh, Mr. Russell. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you. And, of course, don't forget the Standing Room Only podcast uh, available wherever you get your podcast, not podcast, podcasts, uh, is uh, available to you right now. I know Ben's always toiling and working hard to get you guys the best content. All right, so, um, you know, of course, up on The Athletic as part of your coverage, you know, you guys – I mean, have you know people for every team. So uh, right now, if you go to the Commanders page, uh, you're you're you know you have a national feature about ranking uh, the best head coaching vacancies, and then your coverage of the Adam Peters uh, press conference. Let's go with Adam Peters first and get your general big picture takeaway. I can't imagine anybody that wasn't in that room didn't walk away impressed. What stood out to you the most? Well, it's so interesting, right? Like what, like as a writer, you're looking for a good quote, a good angle, something. I I don't think he gave us too much there, which is maybe the point of why people think it was such an impressive show. He clearly is polished. He clearly wasn't fumbling around with his, um, with his thoughts. He certainly didn't put his foot in his mouth because like I said, there really wasn't like some juicy angles to come out of it, which is absolutely what you want from this team, right? I mean, that is, you want somebody who gives you who, – who is competent or at a minimum is like sort of projecting that. We'll see over time how things play out. But from that perspective, yeah, I thought it was impressive. I mean, we still I, – I don't know that we got too much from, uh, besides – out of the vision. You know, I remember when Scott McLuhan was introduced and all he had to – for GM. And all he had to say was, I want football players. And everybody went nuts as if he had just split the atom or something. <laughs> um, so, you know, sometimes the intros can be – a little overstated if you just sort of like the perception of what right. it is. But in this case, we're talking about an executive who's viewed around the league as a highly, highly sought after town evaluator 
coming from a team that has arguably the best roster in the league and is considered to be a really good communicator. So there's a lot of reasons to like him, uh, regardless of what anybody you know kind of thought of, of uh, the other day. The thing that stood out to me, as, as long as he was telling the truth, which again I don't know him at all, so I'm 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 not gonna you know be immediately skeptical. But we all know that what they say on a at a press conference doesn't always equal reality. But I'll say this again, as as long as it's close to the truth. And I don't know if we'll be able to prove it or disprove it. Um, the thing that impressed me the most, and I'm curious as, as to your thoughts, is when you're talking about the new head coach and who that might be. And he said, you know, this isn't going to be like in a box. It's not going to be offense, defense, whatever. It's going to be the best leader. Do you believe what you heard out of Adam Peters in terms of what he is looking at and what is most important in the head coach? Or do you think that's something that he felt he had to say? Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to know. I mean, like, for example, when Josh Harris was talking about the GM search being you know, thorough and rapid and all that, um, you know, Adam Peters had been viewed as the top, the, the one to beat, and ultimately it did work out that way. So, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't thorough. They interviewed five people. You know, you just sort of wondered to some degree that they just had their eye on Peters the whole time, and it was a matter of, you know, would something surprise them or he would screw up the interview for it to not be him? And, you know, certainly doesn't seem like he messed anything up uh, and did a good job presenting his ideas to them. So here, you know, he's saying this and like it, it's it's music to my ears as well. I know there's been a lot of talk about Ben Johnson and I would, you know, from what I've heard, feels like he is also the one to beat depending on what other offers he's going to get out there. Um, but I, and I understand why people are inclined to say, go get an offensive minded coach for a variety of reasons, including if you go with a, a defensive coach and you get an offensive coordinator, then that coordinator could be poached as soon as you're, as soon as you start looking good, because that's what kind of happens. Um, but that said, you know, the, it is a different job. The, the, the offensive coordinator job is very different from the head coach job. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is a lot of leadership aspects of this. It isn't just calling the plays though. That's a huge point if he's going to do that. So I would look for, I would be open to defensive people. If you think Raheem Morris or I don't know how Dan Quinn would sell in the market after what Dallas just did. Not very good. Not very good based on Twitter. No, no. But, you know, I I would consider those, not to mention Mike Vrabel, right? Mm -hmm. Who, you know, not only has he shown to be a pretty good coach, being able to to take a Tennessee team that wasn't always loaded with talent uh, up, you know, you know, had to get to have some good runs in this regular season in the playoffs. He's a defensive guy as well. So I, I would be open to anything, even though I understand why there's a lot of conventional thinking or, and you know, maybe it's even smart thinking about why the offensive coach is the way to go. But I appreciated the fact, like you said, that he was seemed to be open to the ideas based on what he, you know, he mentioned in, in the press conference. Are they, if they're hell bent and this has been the speculation, and I've heard this as well, way back in like, you know, uh, September, October, when things started to unravel, you know, like you started hearing little murmurings and, and rumblings, and I'm I'm not digging like you guys are and whatever, so I'm not trying to, you know, say this, but you heard, you know, like they'd like to pair a younger GM and a younger head coach. That doesn't necessarily mean a first-year, a first-time head coach, but a younger GM, younger head coach for a potential marriage of 10, 12, 15 years, what have you. If that philosophy is true, and we, again, we don't know if it is, but if that philosophy is true and they choose not to talk to Belichick, Vrabel, uh, Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, just to name those four, it, 
are, are they doing themselves ultimately a disservice by talking to everyone and trying to find the best candidate instead of an ideal situation that they have in mind? Or do you feel that's the right approach? Yeah, well, I think of those guys, obviously all, you know, significant winners in their career in various spots. You know, for me, Belichick and Carroll would be kind of non-starters. I know that sounds insane to say with Belichick considering the legacy, but, you know, based on the age, I'm not being an ageist as, as somebody who's getting old, but, you know, th- that's a short-term deal, right? right. Belichick's not going to be here for the next decade. Same with uh, Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. So, right. So, so it's, therefore, I would want to go younger because the whole point here is to ideally find somebody who does stay around for some time and, and puts you in position to be a contender year after year. My, my issue with Harbaugh, I think, would be, you know, whether he ultimately wants to have the final say in personnel like, like Ron Rivera did or not, he's clearly going to want to have his say in who the GM is because if he's going to turn over personnel control to somebody else, it will be somebody that he knows and trusts. I don't know that he and Adam Peters have a relationship, but Washington clearly wants Peters to be that guy, so I don't see Harbaugh being the fit. But then that comes back to Vrabel. Now, it feels like with Tennessee, from what you read or what I read, like there were some, I guess, concerns from ownership mm-hmm. about um, Vrabel's involvement with the personnel. And, you know, he's come from that Belichick, uh, you know, for the Belichick tree, and the those guys collectively have had a tough ride at times, not just in terms of the wins and the losses, but in terms of just sort of like riding their teams a bit hard. I mean, clearly, you know, Josh McDaniels with the Raiders is a, the most recent example where the players were so miserable that once McDaniels was gone, they clearly had a massive turnaround under Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it was a lot of just, it's not that guy anymore. So I'm not saying Vrabel is that, but I do wonder if he's another Patriots coach that maybe helps you in the short term, but over time kind of wears you out. So, yeah, and maybe uh, it's maybe it's unfair of me to put Vrabel in the Harbaugh, Belichick, Carroll category if we're, again, talking about age and long-term vision and all that stuff. But you're right. While Vrabel doesn't have that chip against him, if you will, because he's only, what, 49 or whatever he is, uh, he does have the reports that he and two general managers, John Robinson, who was fired, and Rand Carthon, who was hired and he apparently couldn't have a marriage with, uh, didn't see eye to eye get along. And like you said, you know, do you want that immediate friction if that would be the case here with Adam Peters? I don't know. So I, I just feel like they kind of owe it to themselves to at least talk to one of those guys. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that would be uh, a mistake. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they have maybe a different vision and maybe they will speak to Vrabel. I, I don't know. Um uh, we will see. Ben Standig with us from The Athletic. Of course, the Standig Room only podcast. Make sure you go check it out. Excellent coverage. Again, available for you via subscription uh, on The Athletic. And occasionally you hear him uh, throughout the offseason hosting shows here at Odyssey uh, DC. Uh, Mike Sando, your colleague at The Athletic, uh, I think it was just today, maybe it was yesterday, wrote a column ranking the best head coaching vacancies. And this might be a major shocker to many. He has the commanders as sixth. On the list. Uh, I don't know if you've read the whole piece yet or not, but behind the Raiders, behind the Patriots, behind the Seahawks, behind the Falcons, and, of course, behind the Chargers. 
I, I mean, listen, I, I, I couldn't tell anybody that they're crazy if they didn't put the commanders number one, maybe even number two, but six, that seems a little odd. Yeah, um, Mike, uh, who you know has great uh, sources around the league, he hosts uh, a, a weekly podcast on The Athletic with Randy Mueller, the former uh, Dolphins and Saints GM, and Randy's been on my podcast before. Uh, he, Randy put out a story the other day ranking the GM positions. Now, this is just when, when Peters had been hired, but mm-hmm. ranking them, and he had Washington fourth out of five. So something about whatever those guys are talking about, they're in lockstep about mm. not viewing the Washington job as a good one, I, I you know respect their opinions, but my sense would be that this is you know an outside example either way, like what when it, you know of like not really understand, not really having a, a, the pulse of what's happening here versus what your perception is, and then it takes a while for that to change. Like you remember, of course, when like RG three got benched for Kirk Cousins, and locally we were all like, well, yeah. We are. We're watching this. Yeah, this exactly. to go. And nationally, everybody's like, yep. this is insane. Yeah. What are you doing? So right. I just think that it's going to take people a minute to recognize that this isn't going to be the same scenario with under Josh Harris that it was under Dan Snyder. If you're purely talking about 2024, sure, Washington could be back again at being one of the, the having one of the worst records in the league. But I'm 100% confident that Adam Peters enjoyed this, uh, really liked this spot because of the blank slate of it all, that you do have so much room to operate here with the cap space, mm-hmm. with all the picks. There's not, yeah, there's not a ton of building blocks on this roster, but as best I could spin it, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. It was not like it was working here. So now you can go in there and do what you want. And I would think a head coach would potentially appreciate that as well, depending on your level of urgency. Again, if Belichick wants to beat Don Shula's record, coming here would make no sense because it doesn't seem logical that Washington would be a quick turnaround, whereas, like, say, Atlanta, if they can figure out a quarterback, you know, they've got a, 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 a deeper more, uh, you know, a, a deeper roster than Washington. Right. Does. So, I don't know, six seems a bit low to me, but, again, it's not like they have a ton to work with. I just think perception is probably playing a factor here for some people. All right. Uh, before I let you out of here, uh, two things, and you don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, any gut reaction uh, to the Rivera uh, interview with 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 Kime and and you, you know big picture. I, I mean, I, I was bothered by the fact that he basically seemed to take a machete to the media uh, and and blame the media for a lot of the problems. Um, you know, I, I thought the rest of it was okay, fine, fair. I mean, I wish he was asked about Chase Young and Jason Wright and and not hiring, you know, somebody to help him with all the things that he felt burdened by right from the get-go. But uh, did you have a big-picture takeaway with uh, from that? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, I mean, um, look, I, I kind of agree with, with you. And I, I don't want to be like, oh, we picked on the media. But, like, part of what he said about the media thing was that there was um, some people want just want to try to interpret what he's saying when not everything has meaning. 
Well, I mean, this is what we do. I mean, in life, like forget being a coach and a reporter, like somebody says something to you, you need to then interpret what is being said or mm-hmm. how do you absorb the information you just got? And in this case, this is literally what we're doing. And I think also, as I wrote the other uh, right after he was let go about what I was told from sources and my own, you know, reporting about what kind of happened, the, the story was a lot about, you know, too much focused on narratives and not mm-hmm. enough focus on, on a steady plan. That was a great we, quote, by that, the way, that whoever you got that from, because that's how a lot of us felt, you know? Right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, look, he's going to have his own opinion. He was, it was his life. He's the one who knows the most information uh, in this story. But sometimes, as we all know, just because you think you know what you are saying and meaning mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's how everybody else is going to view it. And it doesn't also mean that you're even right because you're only viewing it from your perspective, not necessarily those affecting. So, yeah. you know, glad, glad Ron seems to be in a good space. I'll be very curious if he actually does get back into coaching and what those opportunities would be, as he suggested, but uh, we'll see. I, I thought maybe he would take a year off and do TV or work in the NFL front office or whatever. Uh, he would do, and maybe that still happens. Who knows? We will see. Uh, all right, one last thing before I let you go. I uh, appreciate your time again, Ben, standing with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Make sure you check him out in The Athletic as well on X slash Twitter at Ben Standing and the Standing Room Only podcast uh, available wherever you get your podcast. So I want to do a quick game of yes or no without a head coach in place, even though we all think where this is going, offensive-minded, young, unproven head coach, blah, blah, blah. Yes or no, these players coming back. Just gut feel, okay? I'm not asking for any analysis. Yes or no, Curtis Samuel. No. Kendall Fuller. No. Jacoby Prissett. Only if they skip quarterback at two, so no. Antonio Gibson. I'll say yes, because if somebody's got to come back, I I would like to see what a, a different coaching staff could get out of Gibson. That's been thinking that for four years, more or less. Cam Curl. I'll say no, but I need to know what his market is. I, I, I just wonder, does he get what people think he's going to get, or is it a more modest price that they can absorb easier? Cody Barton. No. Joey Sly. Yeah, I mean, you know, sure. But, That's my know, guy. You know that. <laughs> I mean, you know, Joey Sly. I mean, you know, I'm teasing. I'm with, teasing. With, 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 <laughs> yeah, he's the with the kickoffs. And, yeah. I mean, he's, he's good. He's solid. Yeah. But, you know, it, Sure. You could do better, but you know he's all right. He's not. He's not Cam Cheeseman. That's for, <laughs> that's for damn sure. Uh, let me give you one last one. Kalik Hudson. Uh, I, I would say yes, personally. I thought he was a guy that over the last few weeks mm-hmm. really kind of stood out to me. Not so much because of the number of tackles, which was actually a fairly high number, but he just seemed to have a lot of aggression and playing with you know I agree. With speed. And all that. So I, I, you know, not saying he's a starter, but I, I wouldn't mind keeping him around. Yeah, I agree. I think we covered everybody major. I mean, obviously, there's still some pieces like James Smith Williams and Sidney Charles and uh, Jamison Crowder and so on and so forth. But, you know, most of those guys you basically said no to, but some of them you would lean, you know, yes to. And, and that's fair. And I, I think they will certainly bring some guys back. I just question, you know, who and when and where and, and, and what and how do, they, how do they replace, quite honestly, arguably, two of their most productive players on each 
eighth side of the ball in Curtis Samuel and Kendall Fuller if they choose to walk away from them. Ben, I appreciate you as always, pal. Great to catch up with you, uh, you know, both uh, obviously on the phone earlier uh, in our personal lives and as well here on the radio. Uh, great work as always all throughout the year. and look forward uh, to more of your coverage on the Athletic and the Standing Room Only podcast. Always a pleasure to chat with the Rooster. Thanks, man. My guy. That is Ben Standig. A good spot with him. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, grab your phone calls, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Are the commanders making a mistake if they don't talk to Bill Belichick, who is closing in on the Falcons job, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, and let's throw Mike Vrabel into that mix. Four big, big, big names. Are they making a mistake if that's – the reality, and if that's the case. And what reason would they not be doing it, is your guess. 301 230 on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app.